You're listening to High Shelf Gaming. High Shelf Gaming is a podcast where David and Rich discuss tabletop gaming. Everything from board games and role-playing games to gaming conventions. They provide reviews, strategies, tips, and house rules to enhance your gaming and convention-going experience. Hey everybody, David here with High Shelf Gaming, part of High Shelf Collective, and as always, I'm joined by the expeditious Rich. Oh my god, dude, I hope that means I'm like a UPS man, and I'm expediting <laughs> deliveries That's and right. dropping down all the core rule books from old school essentials to everyone's house so That's they right. can all come play online at HSC. That's right. That's right. That's that's your that's your role. And tonight, I'm folks. I'm going to enjoy a little bit of scotch this evening because we have a returning best friend, Hugo. Welcome back to the show from Death Nightclub. Nope. Thanks for the invite. It's great to be back. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so Hugo. good. So last time we had you on, we got to learn about young Hugo going on epic <laughs> adventures just to buy a D and D book. He took the bus. <laughs> He took the bus. He probably told his mom, hey, I'm going down to the store. And then he got like on the Greyhound and he ended up at like a some other city buying D&D books. I just, it's kind of like kids on bikes. Is <laughs> pretty that much. Thing? That was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Hugo, did you Kickstarter old school essentials, OSE? Oh, of course I did. That yeah. was great. Yeah. I'm totally going to run some stuff on that. So I'll throw it up in green room over on the uh, discord. Cause um, I'm going to have to get a team together to play that. Uh, totally. I, I mean, I'm still waiting for my, I survive a rich Wisniewski adventures t-shirt. I mean, it's, uh, uh, I'm still to, waiting for it. We need no to get uh, badges for Gen Con that said I survived. Like I survived a, a rich, D D game or something. Oh no, I'm bringing my stamp this year that Hugo sent me yes! from the selfie gift exchange. We ended up having each other. I had he had me, I had someone else, and yeah. he sent me a stamp that's rest in peace. And it, you can write like when you died and what date. So I'm totally stamping the hell out of people's sheets, and hopefully I'll kill everybody once. Just just as a power move, you should you should just put that stamp on the table. Oh, just yeah. like I'm waiting when one of you. I'm uh, I'm ready to ready to just mark it right there on the character sheet. <laughs> so Gen Con is coming up. Hugo, by any chance, are you in my game? I'm in one of your games, I think. Are you in it, one of my games? Uh no, no. I really okay. try to be there. So I'll be there first thing in the morning. Let's hope someone actually drops out. Oh, but... gonna try and grab a seat with the. With and the if you show up, we'll always make a seat for you, bro. Yes. Great. We'll always make a seat for you. So, but I think I'm in one of your games at Gen Con. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Now, is 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 my game going to be in English or Espanol? No, it's in English. Okay, just checking. Because no, you know I'll roll with the punches either way, bro. I I know I know. Actually, let me tell you, I, I'm still a little bit concerned. When I was looking at that, who was actually in my mothership game, and I see your name in the list, I'm like, okay, I need to be now. Even. <laughs> I mean, I really need to prepare for everything. So yes. it's, you pretty much got me working two months before Gen Con because I don't know what you're going to be doing. So I hate to tell, dear listener, <laughs> you know I'm going to try and turn everyone in that table against the GM. That's really what my whole goal is. I am going to be a dissident. Is that the right word, Dave? Dissident? A, 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 a dis, yeah, what is it? A, a, a dissident. dissident? Yeah, dissident. Okay. I'm going to be an expeditious dissident. <laughs> You like okay. Do you like to call yeah, that? I love so, that. We do incorporate. So now so, the nice thing is I'm going to try to get everyone against you. Now I have to oh, do it in a way where it actually flows with the story. Now that's the challenge. Let's see if I can actually manage it. That's so hold good. On, hold on. Hold on. Let me do a Christmas roll. Oh, net 20. Oh, <laughs> you're in trouble. Net 20 on the charisma. I just can't wait to watch charismatic rich and charismatic hugo both trying to work the table against each other and the poor people at the table were like what is going on between yeah, like, these two players yes yeah, like just shut up and keep on rolling <laughs> david i might have a plant or two at the table we'll see what? oh we'll see. oh man that's gonna backfire on you so bad i can't wait you know what you're probably right about that <laughs> so but okay Last time we had you on, we talked about your gamer chops, your background, 
folks, Hugo started playing D&D before there was a Spanish D&D, and he had to ride his bicycle from Mexico to the States to buy a book and some dice. <laughs> Pretty Dude, much. it reminds me of listening about prison and people playing D&D in prison that With they're like on the phone writing down rules because they can't get the books in prison. And that was what, it reminds me of Hugo going to get books and translating them yes. in Spanish so everybody can play. Like it was just limited resource. Yes. And okay. So this opens up like a question that I've always had. And this gets us into like tonight's like thing, right? And a little segue, a little segue. Hugo, what is the like D&D role play scene like in Mexico now? Like we've had some decades to maybe do a mm -hmm. better job. Like what, what's going on in, in like Mexico, Latin America for gaming? So let me tell you, it really has it's a booming scene right now. I can tell you that that COVID actually ended up helping us quite a bit. That was the Ooh. first one. Um, we actually, right before we started with this whole COVID situation, so I actually started meeting more and more people that are actually playing uh, RPGs. I mean, all over the, all over Mexico. I mean, we have very large groups in Mexico City. We have in, in Monterrey, in, in Guadalajara. Uh, actually, uh, one of the last events we actually attended before COVID hit, I actually, we went to the Mega XP, which was like a board game convention in Mexico City. I had Ethan uh, travel there. He was, Ethan was with me for the whole week. Yeah. So, very well. so those who don't know, yeah. Ethan is a dear member of the HSC community uh, and is getting his, is, is working on his dissertation right now on gaming in Latin America. Uh, so he has like, science behind this question that i am curious about but like i just i love that you guys got to go he said he had a blast uh yeah we said with you it, it was great and especially i think i think he actually managed to get a lot of info for for his dissertation uh he got to speak with a lot of folks we got to meet a lot of people who were actually playing and that's how we started getting into contact and uh actually one of the things that we started it was roughly around december 2019, we actually started organizing monthly events at different cafes, different restaurants where we would have like, oh, this is an RPG day. And we actually got uh, like seven or eight DMs and we invited people to play. Uh, we actually wait, 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 wait. So, uh -huh. so the Death Die Club, like you guys, yes. just hey, restaurant, hey, cafe, like we want to host a bunch of D&D games. I have like seven to 10 GMs that are ready to mm -hmm. take tables and run people through games. Pretty much, and the, the whole basically what we agreed what we agreed to was uh, it's we'll try to make it worth uh, I mean worth your time. It's like we'll try. Let's say for example, it's a Sunday, probably Sunday afternoon. It's very slow, so it's okay. We can probably get I don't know 80, 90 people in here. The only thing we're asking for in exchange is whatever the DM consumes just make it free. I mean they'll probably ask for like for soft some soft drinks, a hamburger, nice. just just like have it for free. Uh, and that's it. And it's in interesting because, I mean, the first restaurant where we actually had it, they were a bit skeptical. But then when they sure. started having, <laughs> I mean, but suddenly they, oh, when they started God. having. It's all showing up that no one's skeptical about that. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I, I, you look, 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 here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's like it's like hosting a really small concert. All right. The, the GM is like the whole band. All right. And the band drinks for free. Right. And then the audience. <laughs> Is that, is that kind of how you pitched it? Like, like, look, you feed this guy and he's going to bring in like six or however many people and they're going to want to eat and drink a lot because like mm -hmm. all that. Exactly. And and in the end, I mean, I, I mean, I, I sort of like spoke beforehand with the DMs and I said, OK, here's the deal. It's like, I know you're doing this for free. At least you can grab, I don't know, grab a drink, a, a beer, a hamburger, something like that. It's like just don't go overboard asking for way too much. Right. Oh, don't, right. Don't, don't, don't spoil this. <laughs> yes. I would be like, bear me, bear yeah. me, yeah. bear me, bear me. They'd all be broke. You, you'd have one of those like crazy hats with like six beers. Oh yeah, and with the, the little straw. The, 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 the thing coming in my mouth through I'm double fisting. <laughs> yes. Drunkest GM ever. Just, so yeah, yeah, we. We actually had to check, like, I mean, we just had to make sure that no one was like a known drunk or at least. <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah, we have yeah. like, a special session when I come down and just like we know everyone has to bring at least three drink coupons to play? <laughs> <laughs> 
They will have just like to make sure that you're people. I'll be like, a, I'll be, I'll run a 10 squad D and D session. So I have 30 drinks. <laughs> if, if you're going to have like 30 drinks, I think we need to run paranoia, man. Then it's going to be a blast. <laughs> yes. Yes. What does the computer say? Computer says, fuck off. <laughs> Now, was this all D&D or was there some demon hunters going on? Okay, it was okay. So it was mainly D&D, but we also had demon hunters. We had dungeon crawl classics. Uh, and we also had, uh, let me see, I think in the first session, we got some blades in the dark. Wow. Uh, so we were really trying to get folks just to, I mean, you, had, so you must have D&D, man. You must have yeah, D&D, but we, we want people to try other stuff. Sure. Yeah. So you just make it available, and like somebody's like, "Well, all the D and D tables are full. I'll try this other thing." Mm -hmm. Were all of these games in Spanish, or were some of them like were all the rules in Spanish? Is the first question I think. So, well, no. The, most of the games, well, all the games were run in Spanish, but the the rule books were in English. Oh wow! So, so okay. in a way, in a way, what we tried to do was we also created like a one page summary for nice. each game in Spanish. So it's like, yeah. okay, this is D&D, &D, uh, these are the races, these are the classes. And of course, it's, it's. I mean, the translations was, was a bit of a nightmare. We did have, most of the books are available in Spanish in Spain. Now, getting them to Latin America is close to impossible. And the translations... Really? Yeah, uh, in Spanish. It's... Mexico Spanish. Oh, it's, well, I can tell you, I mean, Spanish from Spain versus Spanish just from any country in Latin America, totally different. Uh, yeah. we, we we do have, well, especially when you get to slang, they have a lot of words that for us, they totally mean, I mean, they mean nothing. So mm. when you're reading some of the translations, it's like, okay, I guess this was supposed to be funny, but I don't get it. But it's not. <laughs> That's how most people take my jokes. It's, I'm sure I'm sure there's a joke in here somewhere, but... Uh, <laughs> So wait, all right. So the books are that's kind of wild to me that like they are translated in Spanish but only in Spain. And that like yeah. the the whole continent that is full of Spanish speakers can't easily get these books. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. Okay, so, that's still something to to overcome. My goodness. Now, so so of course, I mean part of what why we were trying to do this is number one, we we're trying to get more attention uh, of some of the other companies. Now, actually last time I went to Gen Con, that was uh, 2019, I got to speak with a couple of companies and I was asking like what's the deal with books in Spanish? And in reality they told us, well, so here's the deal. I mean, we know there's a bunch of people in Latin America. Now the catch is number one, uh, from a logistics perspective, I mean just distributing books across the board it's it's complicated so i mean just imagine the price of a, a regular rpg book and at about 20 percent so oh, the, the, the so problem everything's oh, complicated so it's just so much more expensive to add another country or something like that to your it, 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 exactly and 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 the cost the is thomas. what would you say rich i'm the doubting thomas is it though i mean look look all right I know that I know there are like trade trade mm -hmm. negotiations, right? Like there's trade deals, guys, right? Like, you know, NAFTA or whatever, or NAFTA too, or whatever the thing is, right? But like those are for like grapes and like meat and like cars. They don't I don't I'm I'd imagine there's not a writer in there for like Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop RPG mm -hmm. and board games, right? Like I imagine that right. they're like, what? No, this whole hobby thing, not in the discussion, because that is mm -hmm. a distraction from us making sure that batteries move from one country to the other, right? That, that's actually part of it, but uh, then on top of it, so it's, well, you don't have the supply chain, the cost is higher. And then the other one, well, two other factors. So number one is when you actually translate to local money, I mean, just to give you an idea, I mean, probably a, a book in Spanish, the ones we got from Spain, they were roughly, ah, oh, man, they were between 70 and $90 each book. <gasps> And and you're talking that probably oh the uh, the average salary, uh, let's say, of a recent graduate here in Mexico, it's probably in the neighborhood of I don't know three hundred and fifty four hundred dollars a month. Oh my, that's so, a huge chunk of their monthly salary. It, it in is one it book. Is. So you can imagine that immediately it's like okay, yeah, you know what? I don't think we're gonna be selling. I mean, we have trouble selling ten dollar books. Uh, just imagine trying to sell a 70 80 dollar book so it's like no it's out of the question and then the, the final piece is like well there, there's a lot of piracy i mean people are really used to say well we'll just fought a copy 
books and, and you have like so many places where you can photocopy books and and right. no one will tell you about copyright law so i mean you actually see a lot of groups where it's like oh so sure we have like the copy of the copy of the copy of the book. <laughs> yeah, so. we got the seventh generation copy this is the sixth page is just smeared together like, there's oh no- <laughs> God, that is so early D D yeah. for me in america too though that is so early D that you would go up to your dad's work and you oh, would yeah. Yeah. things to copy for your oh, friends yeah. and they, they would have mimeograph pages, right? And, and you would distribute that with your friends. That is so weird of a parallel. Now I'm going to, all right, now here's the, here's the secret. Hugo, you're also an economist. <laughs> yeah. So what is the economic answer when there's scarcity of a thing, the people will just find a way, right? So totally. that's also part of the picture here is like, yeah, there's lots of piracy because there's no availability. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So, and, and really, I mean, there were really no options. Uh, people, I, I can tell you, we, when we started getting close to like 2010, people were saying, okay, yeah, we know the books are expensive, but if you can actually get them at a, let's say, at a reasonable price, even if it's like 10, 15% over what, what, whatever's the US price, we'll buy them. Now, the problem is at that point in time, uh, I mean, most of the book companies were like, well, you know what? I mean, unfortunately, people in Latin America really don't read. So uh, it's like, no, it's like we're not taking books over there. Where are they getting this market data? Is it what they feel? A little BS earlier, guys. When I was like, are you telling me Pathfinder can't get someone to crank their book out in Spanish that's localized to South America? I, I just can't believe that. Because, again, what if they offered a PDF copy? How is the idea of electronic distribution? Right. It, uh, let me tell you. Actually, that's one of the things we found with Demon Hunter. Uh, so two things we did with the manual. So for the first thing we did. Sure, sure. Death Eye Club, you guys got a licensing deal with Demon Hunter to do the translation and distribution, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. So, so you're, you're speaking here from like – practiced experience you have done the thing and have learned like life lessons it's kind of what i'm calling bullshit on the other companies it, right yeah 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 so, but go on let's hear no so actually that's that's exactly what you're saying rick so what we were trying to do say well it, they say that no one wants to have books in spanish because it's i mean it's not feasible and i said okay so the deal's this we're gonna get a, a deal just to get i mean an authorization to get a book translated into spanish we won't translate all of it. We're going to translate part of it, but we want to get something out that's cheap that people will buy. We don't care if it's like it doesn't have to be because the Demon Hunter manual is like 600 pages long. It has a, a lot of lore. It has a lot of good stuff. But I said, okay, just take everything out. Just give me the core. Can I yeah. get like an 80-page book ready, printed in small format? And it's like, I said, okay, so I know, okay, can we, I even asked permission, can we reuse some of the artwork? It's like, yes, we can do it. Okay, great. So we have the artwork out. It's like, okay, I don't know a lot of like graphic designers, so we're going to do it ourselves. Now, is it going to be perfect? No, but it's like, it's, we're, our objective is we want to do it. We want to get a, a limited release. And my objective is I want to break at least, I want to break even on this. Yeah. And my my target is I want to break even in three months. And we actually did it. So well, I, we got the book out, yeah. we broke even, and we got the book out. And and we said, hey, so guess what? It's doable. It's just yeah. you, you need to change a lot of the assumptions you have of how you need to actually publish. Well, well, hold on, let me go back. Was that all PDF-based downloadable sales? It's no, no. It was actually physical copies yeah. with a free copy of the PDF. What? Okay, you made okay. physical copies and in three months recouped your investment. Yes. Wow. All right. All right. Now, okay. So you you came away with some lessons, and I, I imagine there are going to be some publishers listening to this because we're we're you know we're, we're buds with some of these folks. Hey, hey, people in Poland listen to us. People in Canada. We got, we got it. We got people it. So what what did it. you learn there? What was the what was the life lesson there? I think so. So number one is people will. St- 
definitely buy the books if, if they are reasonably priced. Number okay. two is you don't have to give them a book that has absolutely everything. I, I get it that, I mean, nice glossy paper, like, I mean, letter size, uh, 800 pages, hardcover. I, that's just great. People will catalog. settle. It, it is, it is. But people will settle for something that's, I mean, good, great. I mean, white paper, I mean, probably, I don't know, 80 pages, like basic quality. Tool. Exactly. And what we try to do was just put out like supplements for free in PDF, in the, in the, in the blog. Uh, I mean, stuff like that. And actually, right. it's actually started catching on. So we what said, is that price point? You said reasonably priced. What what is what do you think is the like the kind of sweet spot? So someone who's like looking like oh, I want to I want to explore this. What is too high? What is you know, what I, I think? Oh, so right now, so we got the book out at ten dollars. Oh, dude, that's awesome. It's, Eighty it is. pages, ten dollars. Yes. Recoup your investment. This yes, exactly. Perfect. I, I think we could have gone up to about thirty for a hardcover. Mm -hmm. uh, but now in this trick, uh, that's the other thing. Uh, we really, since we're, I mean, the, the, the first printing, we had like 500 copies. Uh, we said, well, I mean, of course, we could probably get better prices. I mean, once you start getting about a thousand, you can go to China, you can do a lot of stuff. But it's like, no, 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 let's try to keep it simple. Keep it local, keep it, uh, I mean, something simple. And it actually works. I don't know agenda is set in Kanto. <laughs> Not sure what you said, but it's. Where do people find this? Thank you so much, Hugo. The joke is done. Where do people find this? Okay. ¿Dónde pueden encontrar el libro? ¿Dónde pueden encontrar el libro? So right now, okay, so we still have a couple of copies available so they can get a hold of us. But mm -hmm. it's, we're actually thinking about doing a second printing, but we're on, really working. DeathDieClub.com. Exactly. DeathDieClub.com. Okay. Yep. So, but yeah, we're going for the second edition. I mean, let's say the second edition. And we want to do it a little bit like hardcover, a little bit of extra pages. And we're actually adding uh, like some personally, I mean, some stuff we actually develop ourselves. Uh, so we want it just to be not just like a straight translation from the Demon Hunter book, but also now with some additional new stuff that we That's actually awesome. created. Yep. So, so stuff that you guys are creating, not what yeah. came from the Demon Hunter IP. That's cool. it, it, exactly. No, and, and let me tell you, I think one of the really cool things about working with um, uh, with uh, that gentleman, who's basically the the, the owners of the the Demon Hunter game, they have a very good now well structured licensing agreement. So it's like oh. uh, they they got to a point where it's like, yeah, okay, we're seeing that people are starting to develop their own stuff. So here are the guidelines. I actually spoke with them several times, and we we've got to an agreement where I mean, there's some stuff that they like from us. So they say, okay, great. It's like just uh, once we decide it's part of the let's say the whole. Uh, Let's say Demon Hunter Canon, yeah. It's like it's that's it. It's you just agree to give. I mean, give everyone a chance to use it. And I'm like, dude, fine with me. It's it's just learning how to do this as being a great experience. Yeah. So you're you're kind of you're kind of allowing them to borrow some of the stuff that you guys did or use some of the stuff you guys did because you're learning a lot here and like kind of proving out the business model of no, I can do I can do this. I can take a core idea of the product synthesize that translate it right get it ready for the for the latin market mm -hmm. print it and then you just did self-distribution like you didn't put this mm -hmm. in a gaming stores you just sold this directly yeah we sold it directly we actually had uh about five gaming stores who actually oh, approached us and they were cool. like hey can we have a couple of copies actually one of our best uh gaming stores here in the city uh, i think they ended up selling like well over 80 copies just themselves so wow. it was actually quite good. Okay. Now that's dude, look, I can't I cannot recall a time when somebody said like Cyberpunk sold 80 copies at the local game store near me, right? Like they was they totally sold like four or five, six maybe. Mm -hmm. But they certainly didn't sell 80. So the fact that you had one store moving 80 books that wasn't D&D, that's telling. That's important. That's impressive. That's the core of grassroots. That yeah. is that's what's happening. That and it's, is, probably, it's probably all these people are like, wait, 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 wait. I can actually have a book in my language and my price point here 
I want, I want, I want this, right? I mean, is that part of it? I mean, surely the yep. Demon Hunter game is super fun. We, we've played it's it. Great. Yes. It's a great fun game. So like, it ain't just the fact that you guys localized it. It's also like a really good product, but mm -hmm. like, is that kind of the takeaway here? It, it, it is, it is. And actually I think a lot, so the, the the first time we actually put the book out, of course it was in Spanish and everything, but people were not really. I mean, it's like, well, this is this doesn't look like D and D. How do we play it? So that's when we started actually having some of the free games. So uh, as soon as yeah. people actually started playing, they were like, oh, this is great. And actually, I can tell you, probably the first three groups we played with, they have been our most loyal followers because I mean. Those guys, they just like started creating groups and groups and groups of demon hunters because for them, uh, they they played a lot of D&D, but they felt that the rules were very restrictive. And the yeah. moment they figure out how to play demon hunter, they're like, oh, you mean we can play? I mean, we can just come up with whatever we want. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> In the, in the game that we played, didn't we have like a stuffed bear that could like pull tools yes. and weapons out of his stuffing? <laughs> that is not something that you get in D&D. That is something you get in Demon Hunter. <laughs> I, I agree. And, and it's fun because in the end, so I, I know probably, I mean, some people tell me, well, if you want a very long campaign, it's probably, it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, well... I don't know, but I, if you want to have some fun, I can see you running four, five, six sessions out of this and having yeah. a ton of fun. So and then you can do it again with new characters, right? Like that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Okay. This was all like 2019 pre-COVID. Totally. How? Okay, so COVID hit us all hard right in the nuggins. So how did you guys do? Because I was watching a lot of this on the Death Die Club Facebook page. Everybody go like and follow and subscribe. Yes. I was watching it on there, watching you guys do these events, watching you go to things. Yeah, you had all these champions, yeah. like championing the product, championing the game. They mm -hmm. were out there doing it. What happened during COVID? How did your gaming experience change? So, yeah, no, I think that hit us all, I mean, quite bad. It's... Uh... We, well, first of all, we had to move, I mean, everything to on online. And I can tell you, we had a lot of people who were really against online gaming. Really? Um, yes, yes. It was, it was, so it was funny. It was, it was, well, number one, I think people were just tired of looking at a screen because they were going to school uh, in the computer. They were working on the computer. They were doing everything. So another thing online, it was terrible. So what we try to do is say, well, okay, how do we approach it? And the, kind of like the first times we run, we try to do it like just voice, like no, you, you roll the dice in your homes, like just voice. Let's let's take mm -hmm. it one baby step at a time. Yeah. And if you feel comfortable, we'll jump into roll 20 or something else. Is it bad because like the services are usually not data centered in Mexico? So like the connectivity is poor or is it like, people's home connection doesn't support good video or is like what is the technical limitation just i'm kind of curious what yeah. the technical limitation that kept it from being a, a pleasant gaming experience just out the out the bat so I, I would say number one yeah the technical limitations is definitely there uh, yeah. i i can tell you that well here for example here in mexico uh cable internet has really been on the rise and that's a, a, bit, a bit of a nightmare. I mean, you know, that oh, the, more, gotcha. the more users you have, that thing just slows down. So I can tell you, I had people who were like, well, of course I have a good internet, but then I have uh, two people inside Netflix. One of them is uh, watching HBO. Two right. more are in a video conferencing. So right. that's it. It's like, I have no bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's all shared connection and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, that's really tough for sure. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's one. And then, of course, the set, just, just the second one was uh, just figuring out how to do all of this. I mean, I, I think right now it's probably second nature. But, I mean, I try to move a lot of folks into Discord. And for them was like, okay, so this is not working. Is How do yeah. I connect my audio? This is I, you, you cannot hear me. It's like, what's wrong with this? Yeah. And I can tell you after 30 minutes, more, most people were like, ah, forget it. It's like, you know what? Yeah. It's like. If it's not easy, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And I think that a lot of people struggled with just the straight technology leap of going mm -hmm. going online. Uh, so I get that. But, you know, good on you for for pushing and going, let's just do audio. Let's just, I mean, like, we're all, we're all playing make-believe in our head anyways. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. 
And I think I, I think something that actually ended up helping, uh, for example, when we told people, it's like, well, if you want to just roll your dice at home, it's like, well, do you trust me? It's like, God, I mean, dude, come on. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's like, I mean, if you just want to lie, just, just, I mean, I don't care. It's like we're playing. So yeah. I, I assume you're I, mature enough. Yeah. And, I and, agree 1000%. Roll your die at home. I play yeah. online and I, I, we use other people to use what they want. They want to use yeah. roll 20. Great. They want to roll. Great. Cause yeah, if you're going to cheat in freaking D and D, bro, we got some other, we got some bigger problems. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the, here's the other piece is like, y'all failing is fun in D in, in gaming. Like, like, Oh man, that super awesome shot I was going to do like past my buddy who's fighting the guy. I crit failed on that one. So uh, do I shoot my friend or do I shoot the gas tank next to him? Or like, what happens? And it's like the bridge under them begins to collapse. It's like, oh my God, you know, like now it's interesting, right? Now we're not just steamrolling. Like there's, yeah. a, there's a wrinkle, there's things going on. So like failure in gaming is like half the fun for me. I'm like, yes, what is my DM, what is my DM gonna do now that I failed this role? Uh, and so, yeah, it's, I, you know, to all the people out there that are worried about cheaters and anybody out there who's like maybe fudged a roll or two, y'all, failing is fun because then new things happen and you get to address it. <laughs> it is, it is. And, and I think especially as a DM, it's a challenge because I mean, of course you want the, I mean, you want players to succeed, but at the same time, I mean, recovering from failure, it's also fun. Yeah. I mean, learning how to get over obstacles. Yeah. No, it, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, the, the, that's why you're playing a game. You know, you're not playing like, you're not playing the I win button. You're playing the, I got to overcome a challenge. I got to overcome a thing that really doesn't want me to win. You know, the bad guy really doesn't want us to save the world. He really wants to turn it into his hellscape <laughs> or whatever the thing is. Right. Um, so yeah, that's cool. It's, it's neat that you guys had that experience and had that gut check of like, do you trust me? And you're like, mm -hmm. you're an adult. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> totally totally if you want to cheat at D, &D then that's on you <laughs> yes uh no it's it's what it was wonderful and actually i think that just allowing people to do that actually helped us transition to fully online gaming and i think uh, so two things we did just to try and really stay in touch so the first one is we participated in as many virtual conventions as we could I mean, we tried like every oh, single. Oh, really cool! Yeah, we we tried to have at least one or two games on every single online convention, and it was great because I can tell you, we got to see conventions we were not even aware of. I mean, we That's got cool. we got into a couple of conventions in Australia, a whole bunch in the U.S., a couple in Spain, a couple in 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 the U.K. It, it was like all over the place. It was That's really amazing. That's, That's amazing. So here's the here's the other thing there, right? I, okay, I learned this with Gen Con Online, and I've seen it repeated a few times with other online conventions. The online convention scene is just different than mm -hmm. the physical convention scene. Mm -hmm. And the big one is like player expectation. Just mm -hmm. little things you don't expect. Like when we did Gen Con Online back in 2020, mm -hmm. um, you know, I had players reaching out to us going, hey – why hasn't the GM contacted me a couple of weeks before the game? Aren't I supposed to make a character? Mm -hmm. uh, aren't we supposed to like be all ready to go so that, you know, when we hit the table, we're all ready to rock and roll. And I was like, Oh, well the GMs will bring the, will bring uh pre-gens like they always do. And me thinking in terms of like physical convention, of course, that's how you do it in a physical convention. Cause you walk up to your table and the GM hands you a couple of characters for you to choose from. Mm -hmm. But a virtual convention doesn't have that constraint. You can totally meet your people weeks, months in advance, get everything built. And then some of those games, some of those online games persisted. Mm -hmm. Everybody was like, I had so much fun in this game. Can we play again? And so like these online conventions generated campaigns that weren't just like, oh, I'm going to sit down and do a one shot with these like four or five strangers. No, I'm going to like meet them again in a week and continue playing this convention game. Mm -hmm. I agree. Totally agree. Totally different than the physical convention scene. So that's already a huge difference over like what it was. And the good on you guys for going out to so many online conventions. 
it, it was I, I, and actually i think the whole idea was we were not sure how long this was going to last so we we're like okay we need to really figure out True. if this is how we're going to be playing and exactly like you were saying i think three key takeaways just from this online convention so the number one was the session zero took a different meaning i mean it's like now session zero was as well checking all the technical aspects of the oh, game yeah. so so it's not just about talking like well this is the game and the, let's roll your characters and all that but it's like okay have you used uh webex or have you used zoom have you used uh, uh roll 20 is like okay can you go in it's just basic stuff like that that uh it's funny you would assume that uh, it's like well we are more technological now and you have more people really like doing stuff uh, online it's I, I was still amazed to see how many people had issues just like well my bluetooth headset is not connecting my right. my speakers is are they have a problem it's tons of um, feedback or whatever echo it's like yo have you not done anything over yes. facetime or video or anything in the last <laughs> several months <laughs> exactly that's i mean and just like simple it's funny because we even have to come up with simple rules like hey i know you're in a room i mean you're you're in a house and you have a lot of people in the background let's uh let's uh, some ground rules okay try to mute your microphone if you're not saying anything and uh, even ground rules like that which like you said i mean in, a, in an online uh, sorry in a physical convention no one talks about it it's like it's like well obvious right. um number two we definitely had to one of the things we did is we try to keep maps simple. I know it's really cool when you go into Roll20 or to like some of the other platforms and you have dynamic lighting and, and you move stuff and it's in 3D. Uh, I mean, in reality, most people got lost. Like, well, who am I? It's like, how do I move the token? Where is, where is it located? So it's like, okay, guys, forget it. It's like, we're just in a static picture. Yeah. That's the map. Forget about it. It's like uh, theater of the mind. It's like, let's, let's go with that. Yeah. That, what a great bit of advice there. Keep the map simple. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cause like there's a lot of power in the virtual tabletop things out there, but like I don't know. If you're gonna sit down and play with it one time, a whole lot of those features are really tough to like grok if you're not playing with them all the time. And I there's this one I found that isn't even like maps, it's just like here is here's like a mood image here's like a big old image that like paints the mood paints the scene and then here's some additional graphics that the that the players get to see and interact with but there is no battle map it's just like it's theater of the mind but here's some visual aids to like mm -hmm. paint the mood and set the set the tone for what this scene is about and like that kind of stuff i think is maybe better for a one shot at a convention because like yeah. i just i just need them to have the right attitude that's it totally agree totally agree and and and, and especially because i mean in the end it's people it, it's very easy to get distracted so if you say oh you have to play with your microphone and then with the screen and this and you have to roll dice and you have uh, the, the dog barking so just way too many <laughs> stuff at the same time so it, it's it's okay let's keep it simple and and number three and, and I think this actually took us a while to do it. What we what we did is like we kept that whole idea of the one sheets, like to explain the games. That's the only thing we sent beforehand to say, okay, here's a one sheet of the game. Uh, we'll give you a summary of the of the system, like five minute summary. The rest of it is like, just forget about it. Just tell me, tell me what you want to do, and I'll explain you how to do it as we go along. Yes, that's it. It's that and. and that is, Sorry, OG, that is OG D and D. The like, no, 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 no. Just tell me what you want to do. Don't tell me what skill you're gonna use. Don't tell me what feat or power or spell. Just, just describe to me what you want to make happen, and then I, as the GM, will like noodle that, and then say, roll a D twenty. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. And especially, I think so. I really now that you're saying, I mean that it, this this was totally OG D and D. That was probably my biggest issue with people coming straight up from fifth edition yeah. that it's like they, they they like to say oh well what's the skill so i have stealth plus nine it's like no 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 it's like just just forget about it i have the character sheet here tell me what you want to do 
uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what to roll, what's a plus, and how whether you succeed or not. It's like you'll get the hang of it, but don't play the. It's like don't plan your moves based on some numbers on a sheet. Play your character, not exactly. the game. Exactly. Right. That is. So you because like. Oof player optimizing and all that kind of stuff like here are my abilities on my sheet and all that kind of stuff like, here's, here are the things that i'm really good at so those are the things i'm going to try and do first right and there's a lot to be said for that there's a lot to be said for that but i i hear you it's like look this is this is a one shot we don't have time we don't have time <laughs> just just tell me what you'd like to accomplish and i'm like look on your sheet i see you have like two different ways of making that happen and there's one you're pretty good at so i'm gonna make you roll that one all right, we're not even going to worry about. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's uh, that's how we basically survive all of 2000, part of 2000, uh, so 2020, 2021. Yep. Um, and we are ready just to go back to actually face-to-face uh, -face gaming. And that's why we're so Okay, you, good. That's where we're going. We're all going. We're going to be mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. but, totally. Yeah. How long till Gen Con? Uh, look, all right. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but Gen Con is in August, which is like not far away because it's yes. May right now when we're recording this. So like, it's coming, it's coming I quick, know. and we're gonna get to sit down and have a Reuben together. I remember I introduced you to the Reuben when we yes. first met, and like that's some German stuff, and it is good. And like we're gonna we're gonna get together and we're gonna meet some new food, and we're gonna all have fun with that, and like. I just can't wait. I just can't wait to see you again, Hugo, like in the real and like have it, a meal together. I totally agree. So I, I, it's 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 really it was a bit of a shame. I would really was rooting for uh, to go for Gen Con 2021. I know, but I think I, I think in the end, just like way too many things happened at the last yeah. minute. So it's. Totally. I mean, and I heard a lot of people tell me, "Oh, it was great because it was not way too crowded." But in the end, what I was telling most of the folks is like, for me, Gen Con. I would say 50, 60% of Gen Con is just, I mean, meeting with friends. That's yeah. it. It's like, it's that's a social thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So if, if, if you're not going to have, I mean, most of the people there, it's, well, what's the whole point? And, and I think that context, that was like when Delta was popping off, right? Wasn't that when like the first like, oh, this strain yep. is like is like way more infectious than mm -hmm. like wild COVID, than like original COVID, right? Uh, so yeah, I think that that was right when the new variant was kicking and everybody's like, yep. ah, like Artel pulled out a bunch of other companies pulled out, you know, mm -hmm. like a whole bunch of people were like, whoa, 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 actually no, <laughs> we yes. thought it was gonna be fine and it is not fine. I, I remember, well, actually, I think, I think three th things happened like within two weeks, uh, uh, Goodman games, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, they pulled out then Tulsorian pulled out and then I think about. 85% of, uh, I mean, uh, of you guys said, well, we're probably not going. So it was like, yeah. you know, the I mean, I see crew pulled. Sure. Exactly. I mean, I, I yeah. well, you know that Fernando is really, I mean, in the healthcare area. And I was like, okay, you're the doctor is like, be honest is, do you feel comfortable going to Gen Con? And he said, you, you know what? It's like, I've seen so many cases. It's like, no, forget it, man. It's like, it's, yeah. it's not worth it. Dude. Yeah. He lives it. Like he is, mm -hmm. he is frontline treating that shit. And mm -hmm. it's like, I imagine that he's like, I could just as easily be me and my buddy Hugo laying in this bed, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. and like, I don't want that for me. Cause you know, that like, look, it's a, it's a convention that required masks, but like, ain't everybody perfect. And you see those people with their nose hang noses hanging out of that mask. Uh, you're like, yeah. no, over the nose, over <laughs> yes. the nose. Come on, baby. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree, and and I was I, let me tell you, and 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 I was I was really, I mean, a little bit upset of Gen Con changing some of the rules between between the vaccine requirements, mask yeah, requirements. Yeah, like, the, the the changing midstream is infuriating. All conventions just need to pick a pick a horse and ride it through. Right, that's it. Hopefully, you're picking the safest horse, but like, they, yeah. just pick a thing and stick because people freak out they're like whoa 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 you're changing it now i'm not comfortable right mm -hmm. and like there's a, a ton of people who don't say anything because they're happy with the rules as written mm -hmm. and then the moment the convention changes it it's all of a sudden like well i guess i'm canceling my ticket because like now i'm not comfortable going mm -hmm. totally agree 
Yeah. So yeah, no, definitely excited about Gen Con 2022. So yeah, uh, it's and we have a lot of plans for it. Uh, we have a lot of uh, games already planned. Uh, yep, you're running. Again, you're running a couple with us, and I think you're running mm-hmm. others, right? You're doing a bunch of work on it at, at Gen Con. Yeah, it's in the end. It's I mean, of course, I mean, we we decided to run several games with you, uh, yeah. and then we had the uh, well, of course. Uh, we had uh, that gentleman approaches that's like, okay, we want you to run Demon Hunter. So it's like, yeah. okay, we'll have Demon Hunter. Yeah. And then we had, and this is the part that gets interesting. So along these last two years, I mean, I've also met a lot of people in in this, I mean, this area, they're actually playing uh, games here in Mexico. Actually, right now, um, we have a lot of people streaming games in Spanish. Um, so oh. it's it's interesting because, I mean, we actually have several groups that now have well over 100 different uh, uh, videos out. I mean, they oh. really got into Twitch and they got to streaming their games. So we had a crowd actually uh, uh, gather. That's awesome. Yeah, I, there's a, like one of the most popular cyberpunk campaigns is a brazilian based mm-hmm. cyberpunk game it's got like I mean, they blow a lot of these other shows out of the water in terms of their ratings like i mean they're they're super popular and it's all in portuguese i think in portuguese um, yep yeah um but yeah it's it's really it's really kind of wild to see like the like latin american video streamer youtube ttrpg scene just rocket straight to the moon like there's a it- lot of cool action going on there for sure a lot of it, and and actually, no, you're right. So, so for, I mean, definitely, I would say Brazil is probably one of the powerhouses from role playing really? I mean, role playing game area. I mean, yeah, the, those guys are extremely creative. They really have a lot of uh, Brazilian uh, developed RPGs. Uh, I mean, there's they have a lot of good stuff there. Most That's of cool. it actually, and what's interesting is that most of it is actually published in i mean it's printed and and distributed in brazil so they don't have the same issues we have for example with spain it's like they don't actually have to import anything but wow yeah but i think so a couple of things actually came out of like this this increase in the number of streams so number one it's wizards actually turned around and started looking at us so when they came with all these announcements of now the new translations uh we have an official translation in spanish now of fifth edition it actually came out let me see it came out uh october of last year along with the german and the french edition so at least right now we can go into amazon and you can actually get the three core books in spanish officially that's amazing and is this the first edition the first time they've been official spanish it's so there were there were copies of it in spain but it was like a really weird agreement it seems like wizard said well we're not interested in it they actually they gave the license to someone else and they sort of like develop it. But I think the same thing happened as with D&D Beyond. It's like they finally started looking at the at the market and it's like, oh, okay, sorry. I, I think I gave you this almost for free. It's like, no, sorry. It's like, I want it back. And yeah. now I'm going to publish them. So yeah, now uh, I see there money, there's money to be made here and then our hills and I didn't see it earlier. It's wild to me. Hugo, how old were you when you were like, Taking a bus to America to buy a D and D book. Oh man, we, we that's that's we started when we were ten, and the first time we oh. took the bus when we were sixteen. Okay, so wow. okay, so you started playing D and D when you were ten. Of course, everything was in English. You went to America when you were sixteen to finally get your own book, and like, how many years ago was that? Man, that's late eighties. Late eighties. Okay, so like, yo, it's been a minute, and they for this whole time never had an official like easy to get. D book and i'm glad that fifth edition they finally mm-hmm. got it yeah because i mean there were copies i mean i can tell you i i've seen copies of like second edition and third edition in spanish but most of the people that have it it was like oh yeah i had a friend of a friend who went to spain and he got me like two or three copies of it so i mean i was really amazed i actually saw my first the first copy of second edition in Spanish about a year ago. I mean, I, I, it was like, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I heard about it, but it was like, Pacabras, man. It's like, it's like, it was like a the legend of lore. Just <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's, it's interesting. And, and actually I think most people were really playing in English. It's like, yeah. I mean, I remember I, I met a lot of folks in the nineties who were like, they actually grab a dictionary and just translate it 
part of the books. And it's like, okay, finally, we have like the main rules translated for us. It's like, let's go with it. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's it. And, and like now, so we have like this big bloom in streaming, which mm -hmm. helps popularize, helps gravitate attention. Like, hey, yo, there's actually a lot of people. Like, look at our look at our viewership numbers, right? That ain't mm -hmm. nobody. <laughs> These are big populations that are hungry for this content, which means they're hungry to play these games, which means please give us books in our language mm -hmm. so that we can play them more easily. Um, and that's really good. And I think that Gen Con, just to bring it back to Gen Con real quick, they're doing a thing this year, right? Like they're doing a whole like Latin lounge situation, right? Mm -hmm. exactly. What is that all about? So, so we actually have one of the persons I met. His uh, his name is uh, Mike Valles. He actually lives right now in the U.S., but he's from Mexico. He's being also very uh, involved in a lot of like the conventions uh, in the U.S. I know that he was very involved in PAX South, and uh, I think he was also participating in PAX Unplugged a couple of times. Uh, and what's interesting is uh, when they were talking about Gen Con, so everything came out because I published about like six months ago, uh, I published a spreadsheet. I said, hey, guys, I mean, if anyone wants to go to Gen Con, this is my planning spreadsheet. And I have like, a, I, I created like three budgets. And I said, I mean, look, guys, if you really want to go to Gen Con uh, and you are willing to save some money, uh, it's you it's totally doable it's like you don't have to break the bank uh, i mean and i gave them some tips and i published it and i put it in a, a couple of forums and people starting asking me like hey so um doesn't look that expensive and i'm like no 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 it's like i mean of course i mean if you're willing to share a room you're willing to like cut expenses here 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 it's totally yeah. doable and Fly to this city and then <laughs> rent a car and drive Right, like stuff like that, because you've talked to me a little bit about some of the steps you take to like bring the costs down, and mm -hmm. you know you have to you have to like do some research, and you've done that. Yep, exactly. I I think especially I mean so the two biggest factors are the plane tickets and and the the hotel rooms. So right. the, with the plane tickets, really, I gave them a lot of options depending on where you're located in Mexico. You have I mean you can fly to Chicago or Indy or fly somewhere else and just drive down. Yeah. Uh, and then for hotel rooms, what I told everyone's like, look, I know it's great to be close to the convention center. Uh, to be honest, you want to save money. It's like try Airbnb, try being a little bit outside the city. And I mean, it's it's totally doable. Um, yeah. and, and that's how actually, I mean, a lot of people were saying, hey, so we should probably organize something. And initially we had a whole bunch of people. Uh, it came down to at least, well, right now we're around 12. I know at least 12 oh. other people who are going. And in this case, so Mike, uh, he said, hey, so I mean, I've been in contact with Gen Con and it's like I told him what I, I, I did at, in PAX. I organized like a couple of tables in Spanish and they're willing to give it a try. So I think he I don't know who he contacted in Gen Con. Uh, he created this Latin lounge uh, gaming group and he said, hey, we really want to put out a whole bunch of games who's willing to help. And I said, okay, so, well, first of all, I was a little bit scared because they were saying like, hey, I, I think we should probably run, I don't know, something like 40, 50 games in the weekend. And I'm like, whoa, it's like, dude, it's, it's this is the first time you're going. Uh, it it yeah. is. I said, I would suggest, I don't know, man, probably go with 10 or 15. Yeah. In the yeah. end, I, I think they went with something like 25. It, it was still complicated and we said okay sure. we're going to help you and and just let us know what else are you going to be doing uh, so part of what we're doing is we're taking uh stuff like one page adventures uh in spanish like for different systems from different people who are publishing right now we're contacting pe people all over the place saying hey uh if we're going to be at gen con if you want to promote uh, some of your work is like just give us, I don't know, cards, give us uh, printouts, give us whatever you have, and we'll try to have it just available there. And whenever we play a game, we'll tell folks, hey, if you want to look at this, it's uh, here's some free stuff. So you, you you meet some content creators from Mexico and from Latin America. And that's the plan. Let's see how it actually works. That's amazing. That's really, that's really cool. I mean, it's good that Gen Con was willing to do it. And it sounds like you have a really ambitious partner in Mike wanting to do 40 or 50 games. And yeah, but still reasonable to be like, well, let's go for like less than. <laughs> it's yeah. And especially because I told him it's like it's 
it's a it's a, it's quite a challenge it's quite a challenge you really have to put a lot of time in actually coordinating the games it's actually yeah. running the games and 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 i said as a first time if this is the first time you're going to gen con i said i think the last thing you really want to do is to spend all of your time in a room running games is right. you want to see the rest of the show uh, totally totally yeah. and i said it's at least i said my feedback and i of course i pointed them to your your podcast about gen con i said <laughs> to you. me it was like really a lifesaver it's you get there it's it's just way too many stuff it's yeah. you are it's you really are amazed with all the things that you can actually do so i would take it slow it's like plan probably to use 30 percent of your time the other 70 percent just wander around right Re yes Yes, especially for your first second. Like a lot of people, their first they they load it up and they're they're running around. They don't realize how big the convention is, and they're like, "Oh, I'll do this game," and then with zero time for transit, I will do this other game. <laughs> and they're like running from like one building across the town <laughs> to another building, not across the town, but like across the block well, to another. It could be a couple blocks. It could be, oh. yeah, very easily, very easily. Uh, especially going from like JW to Lucas, it's like. Oh. You're like we we made that mistake. Yeah, on everybody first, does. Everybody. Yeah, and we're like JW. I mean, we saw the maps like JW Lucas. It's like, oh yeah, no problem. And it's like we had games back to back. Of course, yeah. I didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, so so good on you for giving some advice, right? Uh, and and like measure like saying, well, let's, we'll just dial this back a little bit. It's really exciting that Gen Con is doing this because I remember was it 2021. Was when you guys were going to run games with us in Spanish and Spanglish. Yes. Right. And like we submitted those games and Gen Con came back and was like, mm, we don't really like the word Spanglish. Yes. Yes. I remember. It was yeah. like either English or Spanish or, and if it's Spanish, keep everything Spanish. So right. it was. Okay, actually, what, one of the things we're doing right now with the Latin Lounge, we have either games 100% in English or 100% in Spanish. And we want to give it a shot just to see how many people actually sign up for the Spanish ones. It's, it's cool. It's interesting because, I mean, for example, I've, I've asked a couple of times at, uh, during inside the fans of Gen Con uh, group in Facebook. It's like, okay, so who would like to have a game run in Spanish? I remember I mean, we did the survey. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, we have people who are really interested in it, but I think there's a, a huge difference between being interested and actually going to a game. Look, there's, there's also this, there's this unfortunate component of like, you go to the big group and you say, Hey, big group, how do you feel about this? And everybody yeah. thinks for themselves, yeah. what about me sitting in that chair? That doesn't sound like fun. I want to go play this game the whole time. And why would you, waste my time with this idea it's like yo dude if you're not interested we're not talking to you <laughs> yes you can just move on to the next post in facebook and not engage with this one you could just move on you know you don't have to say that this doesn't sound like fun to you because the only thing you want to play is Catan or whatever right like whatever the thing is <laughs> it's like Catan. you could have just kept scrolling dude like you didn't it's have to engage. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, re I remember i had a lot of folks telling me it's like well why don't you try french and it's like it, French, Spanish is like I'm asking for Spanish. It's like if you yeah. want, I can, I can make another one and ask for French, but it's I'm asking for Spanish. So right, yeah, yeah. What, what, Hugo? Why aren't you running games in French? Is it because you're not French? <laughs> <laughs> Let the French guy ask that question. Like, like what the heck? Yeah. So I, I remember those threads. I remember those mm -hmm. threads, and there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of like support and interest, right? Like, ooh, that's interesting. Right. Like, mm -hmm. ooh, and yep. like a couple of people was like, yes, I would totally play in those games if it fits my schedule. Right. Cause mm -hmm. that's the other component here is that like the Gen Con schedule for everybody is tough. And does your game fit into their schedule? Rah, 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 right. There's that whole consideration. So is launched. How are the games doing? Yeah. So I think so. So far, it's we actually have half of the games are sold out. The one in the ones in Spanish are actually doing quite well. I yes. really want to see how it actually goes. I, I would say probably the biggest challenge I still have personally is figuring out what's the ideal time slot to run games. I I um, I, I, I could tell you it's figuring out whether it should be like something very early midday late afternoon i'm still trying to figure it out i mean at least 
what I figure out so far is that Sunday games, most of the time, they don't work. It's really Thursday through Saturday. Yeah. So, folks, if you want to try one of these things out, go to the Gen Con registration event portal, right, and look for events. What you're looking for is a group called Latin Lounge. Mm-hmm. That's where all these games are listed. And, yeah, dude, a lot of these are sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. And, and some of them say, okay, cool, this is neat. So they you you detail in the description, Espanol, or mm-hmm. no. If there's nothing, I'm assuming that's in English. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So we, we go ahead and just presume English for the ones where there's no. Okay. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, there's a bunch in here saying Espanol, right? There's Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, not yet sold out, folks. Um, but there's a bunch in here that are. Gloomhaven. Yeah. Zombie side, totally done. Um, the life of the Mexican teacher RPG spotlight on Nahal. What is Nahal? And are you involved in this? It's so no, that's not something that's organizing Mike. But let me tell you, Nahal is actually one. It's an it's an RPG that came out. It was basically last year. It was kickstarted oh. uh, a while ago. I think like two or three years ago. Finally came out last year. And it's it's very interesting. It's actually based on a graphic, on a comic book, a Mexican comic book. Uh, and, and, and you now, told me about this. You told yes. me about this. Yes. Yes. And, and, and now Wallace are basically like uh, spirit animals. And there's this whole legend that some people can get in touch with their Nahual and they can gain like their powers. So the whole... It's a very interesting RPG. Uh, like I was mentioning, it, it came out last year. And I know that in this case, Mike and some of the other folks in the Latin Lounge, they are helping the creator just kind of like get a spotlight on this and just promote the game. It's That's cool. it's actually quite interesting. So it's uh, I know it sounds like a weird idea, but I think it's it's if people want to learn a little bit more about a, a totally different game, the, the, the Nawal RPG, it's based on the on the pbta the power by the apocalypse system yep. so it's it's really nice and i think it's also a very good option if people really want to try something different from the dnd yeah i and and you guys are they are running um uh, uh games of it so there's a workshop where you get to learn a lot about it and then there's also people running games in english and in spanish um and i remember looking through the kickstarter it sounds really cool like really wild the kind of like you are like very different and i think you guys are like hunting stuff it's 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 a really interesting game it's a really interesting like cultural concept like there's a lot of stuff in here it's like wow i would never come to this and like ethan right who mm-hmm. visited mm-hmm. with you in mexico city for the gaming convention mm-hmm. he was like yeah dude this is all like deeply rooted in mm-hmm. in mexican latin culture right there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff here from like local local lore that is brought into this game and it, it, it's why it's so different right is because like oh well this is this is not at all your typical like western european fantasy it's fantasy ish right but it's like it, also it is. very different in terms of like the mythology that's going mm-hmm. on it's really cool i, I agree I agree and i think uh, this time that actually um that Ethan uh, got to go to Mexico City. I took him around the city and I was showing him like some of the key features that I said, well, so when you when you read Nawal and you see like they talk about this specific like the family owned business or they talk about the the corner the, the corner taco shop. It's like it's all of this. It's, this is part of the culture. So it's yeah. it I think it's very rooted like specifically on Mexican lore. So it, it's interesting. It's a different approach, but it's it's highly. I would really advise people to take a look at it. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, this has been uh, this has been really fascinating. I'm, I'm excited for the Latin Lounge. It is 80 events. Whoa, 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 whoa. Which is pretty awesome for them. Whoa, whoa. What is your spirit animal, Hugo? It's I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. I I think we probably need to drink to it to see what spirit yes. animal we can. We need to find it. I I don't know. I'll probably organize. I don't know. An event. Wait, just let's, let's just roll some dice. It'll tell us if we're right? spirit animal. I know my spirit animal. Oh, well, you, what's your spirit animal, Rich? What's yours, David? Mine is definitely the ant. Oh. There's no way it's anything but the ant because I love ants. <laughs> I'm a penguin. Just I'm penguin. Know You're I a penguin. I don't know what special powers I get, but I. You mean ants can carry like all this weight, like they they like right. can like lift That's like right. five hundred times their body weight. That's right. That's right. But I'm they, a penguin, they, so they, I kind of cuddle they around. Love when everybody comes together, and like, have a good time. 
I'm I'm that guy who like I don't cry in movies, but the part of the movie where everybody everybody comes together and Captain America says as you know Avengers assemble and like mm-hmm. everybody shows up, those that's the waterworks for me. Everybody's oh. working together. Everybody's oh. on the same side. They're all pushing in the same direction. This is so <laughs> magical. That's me. That's me. I'm the ant all day because I love when the whole group comes together to push. Well the then, same Hugo, we are good. Man, I think I have some homework. I'll have oh, to think about my spirit there animal. There it is. There it is. Spirit animal. We will do Jameson shots until you find it. You know what? I have this brand new bottle of <gasps> Ardbeg that um, is has our name on it that I've been drinking from tonight because uh, I'm <laughs> celebrating a personal win of of new employment. Um, and yeah, Yay. we'll bring we'll bring some Ardbeg or something and 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 have some very nice. We'll find Hugo's spirit animal. Definitely, yes. uh, it'll probably I'll... be at the bottom of this dark green bottle. Uh... <laughs> Uh, something. I'll figure out something to take, uh, but definitely it'll, it'll, it'll involve tequila. Let me yeah, figure oh it out. Shit. Tequila and me <laughs> have a different relationship than me. It's got you, all right. If you boys want to get into a, either A, a fight, or me. Because uh, <laughs> one of those two things is happening. I'm either getting in a fight or I'm getting naked. I'm not oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, Rich. Do you have any other? Do you have any other things to like ask? No, me? I think we covered everything. Great to see you, Hugo. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Hugo, dude, thanks so much for being here. How do people find you, the Death Light Club, and all the other stuff you're doing besides the event you're running at Gen Con? No, <laughs> definitely. So they can find us uh, at the Death Light Club uh, in Facebook, also uh, the Death Light Club One. Uh, in Twitter or the Death Eye Club in uh, in Instagram. Actually, we have a lot of stuff there. So yeah. definitely look us up. And, and you have a blog as well, which is deathdieclub.com. Dot, dot com, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have it there. It's it's mostly in Spanish now. We, of course, we have the magic of Google Translate. So yeah. don't despair. You can go in and just yeah. change Dude, everything you, to English. So like, what's fun is like, just to call back to the fact that you're also an economist, uh, your, your articles, the like early day articles on like the economics in D and D those are like, that's good reading no matter who you are. And yeah. like, it's just so solid. So yeah, definitely folks go check out deathdieclub.com and like all the cool guides you've got, not your, not just your travel guide to Gen Con, but also like all the other stuff you've been putting out. Um, definitely. It's, it's a really good blog folks. Definitely. Um, also, well, thank you. Thank you very much for the invite. Yeah, of course, all the time. Yeah, anytime you like just have a wild hair like David, I've got, I want to come on and talk about this thing. You tell me and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get you on because like, you know, we're, we're bros and it's just so much fun having you in our games whenever we do charity events and also just for fun. And then like this too, like this is just anytime we get to hang out with you is, is a treat. No, great. No, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, definitely. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. Uh, well, everybody at home, thanks a ton for listening. Um, and as always, have fun and play well. May all your roles be crit! Thanks for listening. If you like our style, please subscribe or rate, like the podcast within your app. It helps fellow listeners find us. We really appreciate it. So thank you. To join the community, you can find us on Twitter and Discord, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to get connected and join the fun. This episode is copyrighted by High Shelf Gaming LLC and is not cleared for broadcast or syndication without written approval. The music was provided by Lil Funky on YouTube and our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. Take care, friends.